and welcome to the Senior Care Growth Show, where senior care and senior living sales and marketing leaders go to grow. Today, we are going to be talking to Tessa Atkinson Adams, who is the communications associate at Leading Age. You might recognize Tessa if you were at the Leading Age annual meeting in Philadelphia this year. She was on a panel discussing social media, and she's here to talk to us today about creating and implementing a social media strategy. Welcome, Tessa. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. So let's start with a little bit of an introduction. Why don't you tell our listeners a little more about you and what you do at Leading Age? Yes. Um, so I've been with Leading Age for almost four years now in the communications department. And during that time, um, for most of that time, I've been uh, managing the social media accounts. Um, and Leading Age, when I started, um, had a very sort of passive social media tactic uh, where we we're, we wanted to be on social media, but we weren't putting a lot of focus on it. Um, and then I, uh, when I got in, I started to uh, increase the consistency and start to think about our strategy. And then I, um, then I completed a, a social media management certificate through Georgetown University, which helped a lot. And then from there, we've really just increased um, everything, our followers, our visibility. Um, and uh, we've gone and created our own uh, social media awareness campaigns on different issues, such as um, uh, uh, Brit building awareness around long-term services and supports, but specifically targeting millennials. Um, we're also going to be doing an ageism awareness week in a couple of weeks. Um, so we've experimented uh, with different styles of, um, of content, uh, practiced Facebook Live, um, practiced uh, putting podcasts on our social webinars, etc. So um, we've we've tried a lot, and we're trying to really um, use social media as a place to uh, build build awareness around leading age and aging uh, services issues. Nice. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Awesome experience. Um, that's good that you're doing some experimenting and trying some new things. Um, I want to start today with some trends that you're seeing around the senior living industry today. Um, do you find that the most senior living and senior care communities are active on social media? You know, what, what are they doing well and what mistakes are they making? So I see a real range. Uh, we do, uh, I do when I can, uh, uh, try and follow as many of our, uh, members as possible. And so, um, I like to go through and like, and retweet and repost, um, as, as much as I can our members, uh, content. And so some of the things that I see, um, there's obviously a lot of promoting the organizations themselves, which is good to use social media as a place to, to, um, to market and reach, reach new audiences. Um, there's also a lot of sharing of residents, which is also wonderful because, um, from my, per from my perspective and my job getting, um, one of our goals is to really get the, you know, the true stories of aging out there and not the stereotypes. And so um, having more of that out there is great. And then another another way uh, the organizations are using social media is to build connections with the community. And um, those are also the stories I really love, like building, uh, you know, intergenerational programs and like connecting on social through that. Um, and then 
uh, let's see. Your other question was, um, so, so I tend to see organizations, um, I, uh, usually with at least one platform, um, and then maybe, maybe two. So usually it's either Facebook or Twitter, um, or both of those, uh, sometimes Instagram, but, um, and then the activity level really ranges. So you have people who are very active on social, and then there are also organizations that maybe post once or twice a month. So, um, it definitely ranges, but I think it's increasing. And I think it's really important for anyone who wants to any organization that wants to be on social media when you get started to make a plan of how often you can commit to posting because uh to stay relevant and to stay higher in the um why am I losing the word? Um, sort of the, so, so really just to kind of stay top of mind, I guess, with, with people in the community uh, that are following the different organizations, right? So, well, not just to stay top of mind, but actually to stay in the top of the um, algorithm, that's the word, the algorithms that the Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter use, um, you need to have, uh, you know, engagement and people um, interested in, in the page, because if, if you don't, then you actually get ranked down in the algorithm. And so if you post less often, then your posts might not get as much reach because you've been sort of lower ranked in the algorithm of what people are seeing. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we just discovered as we did our state of marketing and sales in 2019, as we look forward, um, we noticed that digital is becoming a lot bigger, uh, a lot bigger in that mix of marketing uh, and kind of overtaking traditional uh, in terms of what organizations are doing and social media is certainly a part of that. Do you, do you know, or yeah. have any sense for how many times uh, communities should post? What, what should their schedule look like? Is it, does it really matter how much uh, someone posts to social media? So I would say at the bare minimum for um, at the bare minimum, you want to be doing once a week, just like, you know, just the, just so you have that consistent touch point and you're, you know, you're keeping your page updated, but it would be great to even do like two to three times a week. But, um, on the flip side for maximum levels, uh, I would not recommend doing more than three posts a day on Facebook or LinkedIn because then people start to unfollow or, you know, it, it gets a little overwhelming for your followers. Twitter though is like, that's like, what's the, what's the metaphor? It's something like Twitter is like uh, a fire hydrant. It just spraying all, all that, all those tweets and all that content. So Twitter, you can tweet as much as you like. Um, I do recommend to not uh, post on the hour. Like when you schedule tweets or, or posts, um, that's a common time most people post. So like if you're going in and you're scheduling things ahead of time, do it at an odd minute. So 1117 or like 335 or something, something off. So you're not getting scheduled at the, at the a popular time that a lot of people are using. 
Yeah. You know, that's great advice that, that I actually haven't heard before. We, when we schedule social posts, we usually do it at, you know, one Oh six PM or something, you know, some odd time like that. But, uh, I didn't really, hadn't really thought about why we did that, but I just thought that that might be a little bit better than on the hour, but I've never actually heard someone say that you should post, uh, at a, at an irregular time like that. It's really good advice. Um, and also evenings are really good. Like when I go in and look at when our followers are on social, we get such a high bump. I think our, our most trafficked time is 9 PM. So really think about scheduling, you know, for, for later in the day, because those, when you get those posts and once you post, I mean, the algorithms, the, the platforms use sort of play with the, the timing, but it gets pushed down in people's feed just as, you know, just like your feeds. So you want ideally to put your post up when, most people are on there because if they come in, you know, and are looking at their feed an hour later, it's probably pushed down already. Yeah. And to underscore what one thing that you said too, I think that, um, you know, the life of a message is going to be a little bit different from channel to channel too. So a Facebook, yes, that's true. yeah, Facebook post might last a little bit longer, have a longer duration or, or might be visible a little bit longer than, you know, message on Twitter would be. Yeah. Tweets so, go by really fast. <laughs> yeah. Minutes. I mean, they, the life yeah. the lifespan of a message on Twitter is minutes. Yeah. Uh, as you've worked with senior living communities on their social media, uh, who do you find is actually doing the work to post and to follow up and to monitor social media? So I'd say it really varies. Um, it, there's such a range in size of communities and organizations and what types of, um, you know, positions that they have. Uh, I have talked to um, people who, um, who work at organizations that do have a communications team. And if there is a communications team, then communications has it, which is good. Um, there has been, there have been some that it is the marketing team. Um, but I've even, I've even seen organizations where it's, um, they put it in under the directive of like the, um, like recreation department or um, sort of like activities coordinator. So it, it kind of varies. Um, I think that wherever it's housed, the important thing is that there has been a discussion beforehand about the, the language and style that you want to portray and whoever is writing and posting is trusted to, um, you know, speak on behalf of the organization, because the truth is these social media posts, they get, they spread and you're, you're putting that message out to a very wide audience, which is good. But at the same, at the same time, you want to just like with any communication, other communication that you're putting out press releases or whatnot. Um, it's, you want to have the same level of, of, you know, intention and branding behind those posts that you do in any other type of communication. So whoever, whoever is posting should definitely be someone that, that understands, uh, understands the organization's tone and voice and is, um, able to, able to react and represent the organization. Yeah. So that probably would be someone in marketing or someone in communications who really understands the brand messaging. Um, you know, another point that we found in our study for 2019 is that differentiation is just so important uh, for senior care and senior living 
organizations and having that um, professionalism or having that message sort of established ahead of time really probably, you know, will help as uh, people are posting to social media. Um, so, so do you think that, who do you think should be running those social campaigns? Do you agree that it should be sort of a communications and marketing function? Um, I know a lot of organizations sort of have to find that person because it's not something that they naturally think of and it ends up getting, yeah. um, you know, stuck with maybe the person who's the, the most digital savvy in the room. Um, yeah. So, so I think that, I think that communications and marketing is definitely a natural fit, but like I said, there are a lot of smaller organizations that don't necessarily have their own communications or marketing team. So I think what's important is one to make sure that, the the plan for so for social media is is incorporated into the strategic plan for you know the entire organization's communications and so in part of that making that plan you want to have a point person that's really the key thing is to have someone who's a point person who can make the calls who maybe can um so like like i said i manage our social media accounts but i do have a couple people that i ask to do certain parts of it but i'm still i'm still you know making sure i'm still you know making sure that everything that's going out is is sort of following what how we want to portray and what you know, how we want to talk about the issues in leading age. But um, the important thing is that, is that it's one, it's a point, there's, you know, a single point person, two, that you are, you are evaluating, like you mentioned, uh, looking at analytics and seeing how things are doing. Um, because like I mentioned before, in the consistency and getting engagement on your posts affects your algorithm. So that is true with when you do your content. So for example, we we tend to not post um, our webinars on Facebook because they would get very, very low engagement. So we use Twitter and we use LinkedIn and they do really well over there. But if we continue to do them on Facebook, then that hits, you know, that hits us in the, in the algorithm. So we want to make sure that when we look at the content, like let's say every month and see which ones we're not doing very well, was it a one-off or is it a pattern? And if so, maybe that type of content isn't going to work for that platform. Yeah, those are, those are all great points. All, all great points. Um, I want to turn our attention a little bit to content of social mm -hmm. media and what and what organizations should be putting on social media. So just based on your experience, how should senior living and senior care communities be using social media? What are, what are some best practices and what should they be putting on social media? So, so I think it's definitely a combination of things. Um, we had in the panel that you mentioned that um, was at the leading age annual meeting, we had two member organizations talk about how they were using social and um, they, and it was very interesting. I mean, they're definitely using it a lot for marketing. So it's social media is such a great space to um, really you have this opportunity to to market your organization for not that much cost. Um, sometimes when I boost or you know boost is to add uh, add some funding behind a post, um, I only do like twenty dollars and it increases the engagement you know by like 
two, three folds. And so it's like, you know, you can, you can do a lot for not very much cost. And, um, so definitely marketing the organization. Um, cause you can also target, uh, when you do, you know, marketing, you can target who, and, uh, you want to see it and whatnot, but also it's such a great space to build community. So, uh, posting photos, you know, with permission of, of residents, stories of staff. Um, I would love to see more stories of, of staff on social because that's such, um, that's, such an important aspect of aging services that is one of our focuses is, you know, attracting more uh, people to the workforce. And so, you know, getting staff profiles, you know, staff engaged with, um, with residents, uh, you know, why are they passionate about, you know, their jobs would be, would be great. But then also it's a great place to, like I said, connect with, connect with the community. So, um, going in and, uh, you know, showing, uh, when other groups come in and, and engage with the, with the organization is wonderful. Um, if anyone comes and visits or if you have anyone, another organization that you're, that you are mentioning, definitely be sure to tag them in so that you're doing that reciprocity of, um, of followers, because not only, or of, not necessarily followers of, of your reach. So you can reach new audiences, you know, when they tag you and you tag them. So um, it's just this sort of uh, exponential um, tactic. Yeah, you know, I came across an organization earlier this year and uh, they had highlighted one of their staff members who won an award. Mm-hmm. And to, to really showcase this they created a video they made a video and it was it looked like a professionally produced video Um, but what they did is they interviewed the caregiver and they also interviewed the the people that were getting the care so Mm -hmm. you heard from the actual person that the staff member at this organization who won the award and you heard from the people that they took care of and and how that person changed their life and and i think that was really powerful because it got a lot of play on social media but it's something that they could also repurpose and use on their website and it also, you know, it's, it's more than just telling, it's, it's having someone tell the story for them as opposed to having them tell the yes. story in words. Videos and photos do so well on social. I just, yeah, um, if it's, if you're posting just an article, I recommend, like, uh, you know, finding a photo to put with it um, because it just definitely increases the engagement, um, having that. I think that social media definitely has become very, very visual. So you need, I really recommend doing as much photo and video as you can, but video is short. Yeah. And and I don't have a long attention span on social. So you need like less than three minutes. Yeah. And video can be intimidating because, uh, you know, I think a lot of folks think it needs to be professionally shot and it needs to look, it needs to look professional, but we, um, you know, we do a lot with just an iPhone. Me too. Um, So, so so I do a lot with, yeah, I do a lot with, uh, the iPhone, the Facebook live I've done with the iPhone, um, several times. Uh, I think what's the most important for, for, Facebook Live, um, which had a little snafu at the annual meeting, actually, is making sure you have a good internet connection. That's what's really important. Um, 
yeah. Could yeah. connect to the internet when I was supposed to do Facebook Live, and I was like, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, Wi Fi is so important when you're doing Facebook yeah. Live or Instagram Stories or things like that. Um, if if we have some marketing professionals listening today that haven't really started an, an active presence on social media, or maybe they've been a little apprehensive to get started, how would you recommend that they actually get started with that? So if you're just getting started, I, I definitely recommend starting with one. So pick one platform. Um, I would probably for senior living, um, if your target audience is older adults and maybe their children, I would recommend Facebook um, because that's definitely, uh, definitely most of the, that eight, those age demographics are on Facebook. Um, and it's just such uh, it's such a nice visual place for for your profile page. You you know you have the cover photo and the image, and you you can put a lot in the about you. Whereas um, Twitter, you know, you're very limited on how much information you can share because they're all about keeping those characters tight. Um, but I would definitely recommend Facebook. And then, like I said, coming up with coming up with your plan about how you want to um, what type of tone and language uh, Facebook and social media in general is more conversational. It's not going to be as formal as certain communications, but I do recommend, you know, deciding on where that line is in the informality. So, for example, are you going to use emojis? you know, we don't, we, that's, that's a line that I've, I've, you know, drawn for leading age. We're not going to, we're not going to be an organization that uses emojis, but you know, you want to come up with those, that level of, that level of um, detail on how you, how you want to present your posts. But then the next plan I think would be who's your audience, you know, and make sure Make sure that the types of posts that you want to and the content of your posts are things that would appeal to that audience so that you are reaching the people that you want to reach. And then, like I said, coming up with a um, with a calendar. So um, one easy way to kind of get started is just um, come up with just a little grid that has maybe a month's uh, worth of, you know, spaces for posts and then just start, you know, pasting in your articles or putting in your photos. Uh, then you can also decide what time, what day you want to send these. Um, and then also that gives you an opportunity to look at that you are varying your posts that you um, didn't, you're not going to post something twice by accident. And you can also come back and, you know, mark after the posts have been up for like a day or two, if it did well or not. And um, it's going to start slow. I mean, if you're just starting, you know, you're going to have zero followers. So it's um, probably you're going to want to promote um, in your newsletter, in your um uh, you know, direct emails, um, maybe on, uh, you know, the, the cork boards around the community, um, you know, wherever you are already communicating, add a little piece, you know, that you, that you just started a Facebook page, um, definitely put it on your website. Um, you know, just, you need to, we, we do that every so often when we want to reach one of our next sort of level of, uh, follower, uh, amounts will be like, Hey, help us get to 5,000 followers on, you know, 
LinkedIn, like, and, and send that out in our, um, in our newsletters and, and whatnot. So definitely think of the other places where you communicate, communicate are also places where you can start to pull people into social. Yeah, I think you can use like the calendar is a great point. And I think, yeah. you know, using Excel for that could be something that's easy. It's something that's a tool that you already have yeah. you know, in your arsenal. And, and you can just plan, like you say, you just put in, um, you know, what day you're scheduling those messages. So you have even coverage across the calendar. Um, you, you can even get as, as sophisticated as what type of content. So if you want to post a video a week or if you want to post a link somewhere else to something that might be helpful for someone as they're thinking about, um, you know, communities and, and what's right for them, um, you can really start to get into, you know, topic based or, or category based as as well as figuring out an even distribution for those messages. Um, and it doesn't all have to be new. Like you can definitely, especially if you're just starting, you can pull in all this content that you've had for, you know, for years even and like use that. So it's a little bit less pressure of like, oh, I need to find something, a new photo each week. It's like you can pull in stuff from from the past. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone follows us on social media, they'll see that we advertise or we talk about the podcast uh, mm -hmm. multiple times. So we're actually recording a podcast and we'll pu publish one social message when it comes out and one a week later and one three weeks later. And so we can promote that for really forever. It's evergreen content as, well, as long yes. as what we talk about is still relevant. And so if you have an article on your website, or if you have a helpful guide on your website, and you want to use that as content for social media, you can publish that and schedule that out well into the future and not worry about that getting stale. Um, we certainly do that. And we also yeah. choose to publish different messages about that same thing so yes, absolutely. Like, because like we were saying how how content has a short relatively short life in people's feeds you can definitely if there's something very important that you want to make sure that people see you know definitely like you're saying uh post about it um i i'll do like maybe like once a week and yeah change the message but it's the same article or it's the same um you know thing that we're trying to direct people to to do yeah, that article might have five main points. And so you can use yeah. each of those points as a message, which links back to that article yes. uh, to get people back to the site. Um, I know that one kind of switching gears a little bit. I know that mm -hmm. one reason that marketers shy away from social media is because of anxiety about negative comments and um, just negativity uh, and, and possible complaints or things like that. Um, what advice would you have for communities that have to deal with negative comments or, or negative, um, negative posting on social media channels? So, um, I think there's a couple levels of degree, uh, because the, the sort of the, the, the basic level, if it, if it was just like a single comment that like nobody else is reacting to, or maybe just like one or two other people like it or something, um, the, the best practice is to ignore it because like we said, like we've just talked about, um, posts and comments, they have a short shelf life on social media and, you know, bringing attention to it is what's going to extend the life of that. And also social media, just like, you know, any other public space, um, is, is free speech. So people can, you know, people can say anything that they, they would like. Um, another important thing to do is, uh, 
have a little, we don't have one, but I need to make one, um, have a little uh, sort of um, social media policy blurb on in your profile that just details um, the policy for social media of users. So what is the deciding line for when a comment will be deleted or a person will be blocked? So um, that's definitely an extreme measure. So it needs to be pretty bad for you to delete or block someone because like I said, it's a, you know, it's a, um, a free speech arena. Um, I don't think that it's been, uh, I think there's been a couple of, of cases that I have heard about of like sort of some crisis communications that, you know, needed to happen at our member organizations, but by and large, it's, it, it, it hasn't been, you know, something, an issue that has, that has percolated up or that we've, you know, that we've heard about. I think if, um, if something starts to get traction and, um, the negative comments are about, you know, something that you can refute or defend or say that you'll do better on or whatnot, comment like that's the that's the really great thing about social media is that you do get to have you do get to you know directly communicate with with people quickly and instantly and so if if it's something that is starting to you know pick up a little steam decide on decide on a reaction that you can post right there on social media yeah, some good advice I heard too is is to get legal counsel involved when you talk about a policy for posting. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. When you deal with um, you know someone posting someone's name as a comment on one of your social posts or on your page, it's it's good to have that policy in place and know where the line is before it actually happens. So uh, I thought that was that was good advice too that, that I thought I'd share. Um, well, Tessa, it's been awesome to talk to you. If people want to get in touch with you to ask you a question, not that I want to blow up your inbox or anything, but <laughs> where can they find you? Because I'm, I'm assuming you're on social media too. Yeah, um, I definitely uh, am on LinkedIn. That's a good space to you know message me on LinkedIn, uh, Tessa Atkinson Adams. Um, but I'm also on the, of course, on the Leading Age website where you're able to find me. Awesome. Well, Tessa, thank you so thank much you. for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for sharing your expertise today. I learned a lot. I hope our, our audience, our listeners did too. Uh, before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to tell you about a new digital audit that we're offering. Uh, during this process, we'll review your total online presence from your ratings and reviews to your search engine visibility, from your websites to your advertising, and then we'll put it all together as a report and give you several ideas to improve your marketing and sales so you can increase your occupancy. Uh, if you'd like some more information on that audit, all you have to do to uh, do is go to seniorcaregrowth.com slash audit. And that about wraps up another episode of the Senior Care Grow Show, where senior care sales and marketing leaders go to grow. We're coming to the end of the year, so I wish you all a safe and happy holiday season, and let's go make 2019 great. See you next time.